In the fall each year we all congregate The bound all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of Monson Our favorite verse, my God, a precious Drunk and obnoxious, what Georgia faith Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday in that thing Welcome to the Saturday Night Athens podcast. I am your host, Seth Saunders. We are fired up today on the next installment of our Georgia Story interview series to have Jordan Rowe with us. Jordan is a 2019 grad of the University of Georgia. He is a songwriter and country music artist and certainly a damn good dog. And we are excited to have him with us. So welcome to the show, Jordan. Thanks, Seth. I appreciate y'all having me. Go dogs. Well, I'm going to start with a hard-hitting question today from a special Saturday in Athens correspondent, Ray Fulcher. He said, <laughs> I, he said I needed to kick this off today and ask, how many turkeys does the household have total this year? Uh, I want to say, let's see, four, I think. I think four. Yeah, four or five. So Now, now I think I mean, the necessary follow-up to that is who has contributed more to that total? I think I have. Because I've <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we got five because I killed one in Georgia, Tennessee, and Kentucky, and I think he's killed two in Tennessee. Yeah, so yeah, we got five. So the bragging rights are sitting with you right now. That's what I'm here. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, I like that. I like that. Well, Ray's one of our favorites. We've had him on the show multiple times. So when uh, when you were coming on, I had to text him and say, "Look, man, you got to give us the dirt here. Give us something good. We can ask Jordan." So yeah, that's, that's what he right. that's what he t- that's what he told us to roll with. So put it back on and put the dirt on him. I like that's it. it. <laughs> All right. So and speaking of Ray, uh, you guys have something really exciting. Y'all are counting down to August thirty first. Not yeah. only is it the opening weekend for dogs football, which we're all fired up about, but in I think the most perfect way possible to kick that off Thursday night at the Georgia theater, you Logan Crosby and Ray are going to be playing fantastic music all night. Just tell me how special that is and how excited you are for that opportunity, man. Um, that's, I mean, I'm looking forward to that show more than anything this year. Uh, I mean, it's, it's this really special place to me um, and other guys. Um, I know Ray probably told, told this story on here before, but, uh, you know, that was where he decided to even chase music was seeing Eric Church at the Georgia Theater. Um, I just told Ray's age, but, uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, that's where it all started for Ray. And this is, you know, like I, I believe it's the first time he's headlining that. So um, he's pumped. We've been talking about it. And um, anytime you get to go back and, and play there in Athens, period, it's it's amazing. But to be in the Georgia Theater, it's just a cool place. It's where I went to a ton of shows in college. Um, one of the places I got my start, that's where Ray and I met. And a lot of my, you know, I guess country music roots go back to the George Theater in Athens. Um, it's kind of where it all started for me. So we couldn't be more pumped for that. Yeah, we're we're just so jacked up about it, man. When we saw the announcement, we like bought tickets immediately. I'm bringing my wife. We're going to come to Athens and, and take in the show. And Man, I just think it's so special. And I think it's just cool, too, to have three guys that are UGA grads, love Georgia, love the dogs, and to to be playing together in that venue, man, I just – it's going to be absolutely electric. So, I, yeah, man, I'm fired up for all three of you. I think it's going to be great. So, 
Um, we are we are looking forward to that. We'll certainly put links to tickets in that in our show notes for this episode. And make sure y'all go and get tickets at that place. It and sold out and rocking. And we have all messed up. So everybody get on that because it's gonna be a it's gonna be a boot stomper that night is. Um, well, so tell me now. You grew up in South Georgia. Tell us a little bit about your story. Tell us about uh, the people in the town that raised you. So I'm from Adel. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's between Valdostin, Tipton. Maybe you'll know that. And um, lived there my whole life. My dad was a police officer. Uh, my mom's city clerk there at the city. And, and just, you know, grew up the typical uh, South Georgia, small town lifestyle, hunting, fishing, and, and um, you know, riding around and just, you know, dreaming big, um, listening to country music on all those, um, through all those years. Um, and, you know, when I went to uh, Georgia, I was an agribusiness major and agriculture and applied economics major. And I always had wanted to do country music was always my dream, but it was kind of seemed like one of those unattainable fairy tales, you know, when you, when you really start to thinking about, okay, yeah, that'd be cool to sing country music and write songs for a living, but how do you do that? Like, what does that road even look like? You know, is there just some ferry in Nashville that goes, okay, you're knighted and you can come here and do that now. Like, what does that look like, I guess? And so when the pavement or, or when the rubber met the road, so to speak, I was like, okay, I need to get real about this. Yeah, that'd be cool, but I need to um, work on something else too. And so I majored in ag business and my plan was to um, go back to uh, South Georgia and, you know, find a, find a job in agribusiness. And if music worked out, you know, that would be awesome. And sure enough, you know, that was the plan of the Lord half of my life was to, you know, end up coming here to Nashville. And while I was in school, finishing up uh, my degree in agribusiness, I met Ray at a show at the Georgia theater and we just became buddies. And I called him up uh, in 2018, uh, the summer before my senior year. And I was like, hey, man, I want to come to want to come to Nashville and just live here in the summer and start writing songs and figuring this thing out, figuring out the town, learning, meeting people and all. I said, do you have a couch or anything I can sleep on? Or, you know, and he's like, yeah, come on. I got a guest room. And uh, so I came up that summer before uh, my, my senior year of college and lived with Ray and wrote songs. And um, at that time. Ray didn't have any of the Luke Combs hits that he's written now or anything. And we were up in the little rental house up in uh, Hendersonville, Tennessee, just north of, of Nashville. And I can remember being in this little bit, I mean, it was like a closet of a guest bed. I had a little twin bed in there with a, with a rotate fan. And I remember Ray comes in one morning, he busts the door open and he's like, dude, look at this. And he shows me the check from the first the first loop, he said, I can get my phone fixed now. And I'm like, yeah. And, uh, it's, man, it, was just, it was so cool, like, learning the ropes um, of Nashville that summer. And, and Ray was, you know, very instrumental in that. And I'm so thankful for our friendship. And, uh, but yeah, I moved back to Georgia, finished up school, graduated in 2019, and then moved back up to Nashville. And, uh, and Ray and I are um, still roommates now, so helpful is that i have found through this show and through talking with other folks that anytime you are chasing down a big dream or trying to attain something that is on your vision board or your goal list it's always helpful 
to chat with somebody who's a few exits down the road from you so they can kind of let you know what that roadmap looks like. So how valuable was it and how instrumental was it for you taking that leap to leave Athens and then try to make it a full go in Nashville to have that experience and to have Ray and others in the role as mentor for you? It's, it's invaluable. <clears throat> it really is. Um, because there's, there was so much, uh, it just fed up the, the process so fast. Not, I, I would say them telling you what not to do even helps more than them telling you what to do. You know, it's knowing what to say no to, knowing where to go, you know, knowing who to hang with and, and where, where to invest your time at um, and all that stuff. So, I mean, I think it's, I wouldn't be near where I'm at in, in as far as the, the, the road that I've traveled so far, I wouldn't be near um, where I'm at now without Ray and without other Georgia guys. Um, I mean, it's like a, it's like a fraternity up here of Georgia guys and country music. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we've got a big group message called dogs in Tennessee and, um, you know, everybody's just, it's like a, it's like our own fraternity up here. And, um, everybody just, just, you know, does a good job of, of reaching down and trying to pull, pull each other up. Um, you know, when you get up here and you're a new guy, that's a dog. Yeah. We had uh, former dogs wide receiver, Chris Durham on the show, I don't know, man, probably first couple months we started the show. He, Chris was one of our first interview guests. And uh, we have a question that we'll ask you later that we asked Chris and said, what's the, if you could choose, who would you choose to be the headlining act at the Georgia Theater? And he said, well, a uh, buddy of mine that was one of the student assistants in the football team, Ray Fulcher, that's who I would choose to be it. And so we reached out to Ray and had him come on the show after that and tell his story. And then he was the first in what has become a cascade of, to your point, dogs that are in the music business. And yeah. man, it's been incredible to hear people's stories and kind of what their paths have looked like. And uh, the neat part has been, I think the unifying piece of that is everybody's love and passion for UGA, which I don't know, man, it's just, it's been really cool and uh, a fun thing to follow. So I love that y'all have that network too, because I think it's, you know, it puts in place a kind of a, a little bit of security knowing you have people you can lean on and, and identify with. So that's yeah. great. Absolutely. So I want to know about your musical background. So growing up, um, I know how important your faith is to you. Were you involved in music in the church or, or what was, what was, I guess, the genesis of your love for music and, and playing instruments and singing and all those things? Yeah, it was, it was church. Um, I grew up, I, I remember, uh, the first time I ever sang, I was like three years old and, uh, my preacher s sat me up on a stool and I sang Jesus loves me in, in church. And that was the first time I ever sang anywhere. And then when I was about eight or nine, um, we were, we were building a new church and my dad was helping work on it. And I was just hanging out, running around the church on a Saturday morning. And, and I got up there on the drum kit and was beating around on them and, and the preacher goes, hey, you want to play drums tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. No. Idea. <laughs> and so um, and so I just kind of got thrown to the thrown to the deep end and ended up teaching myself drums. And that was my first instrument. I played drums in our church every Sunday and then, um, you know, started singing uh, in church periodically and then um, played, you know, in a little band called uh, Sanctified. And it was like a Christian Skinner if you will. And, uh, they, they had original songs and I was the drummer and we used to, 
you know, go around and play like, you know, youth rallies, or fall festivals or whatever. And that was kind of where I got my start in music was drums. Um, learned guitar and a little bit of piano when I was about 13, sang in high school choir and that kind of thing. And then when I got to Georgia, uh, I believe 2017 was the first, I guess, real show that I played. And I, I was the opening act at a show at 40 Watt. And I met Bradley Jordan, who lives in Athens and um, is the is the face behind Peachtree Entertainment, which books a lot of the country shows in the southeast. Yeah. Uh, any anything from, you know, places the size of 40 Watt to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, a lot of that is Bradley. So I met him. We became friends and, you know, we'd hang out and go eat it. Um you know, any kind of little blind pig place for lunch or wherever. <laughs> yeah. Out and, and he, he let me start opening shows acoustic while I was there in school. And I was um, playing acoustic shows, opening for like Riley Green at that time. He was still coming through the theater a lot. Um, Muscadine Bloodline, Ray, um, Drew Parker, and uh, all that. So that's how I got into music. How valuable is that? Whether we've talked with, you know, ex-athletes or musicians or folks that are in entertainment and broadcasting now, they all generally harken back to the reps, essentially. So how valuable was that for your journey to get those, I guess you would call them game reps in situations like that at such a young age? Uh, again, it's invaluable. Um, just, just time, you know, nothing can replace. Uh, there's no substitute for experience. Um, and just time and time behind the behind the wheel, if you will, um, and just doing it. You know, the more you do it, the better you get at it, the more comfortable you are on stage, the more songs you write. I think Ray told me this one time. He said, you know, you songwriting is something that you never get worse at. You can never get worse at it. You know, it's like playing a sport. You know, if you're going to peak at some point, you know, then you're going to get slower, right? Um, but songwriting is something you just constantly get better at the more you practice it. Performing, I guess, I mean, obviously you could kind of lose your mobility a little bit, but as far as like being your stage presence, um, right. the way you interact with the crowd, all that stuff just gets better with more experience. So the more you can do it, you know, better off you'll be. I want to know about your path to Georgia. Was UGA always the choice in your heart or were there other places where you had thought about going? What did that look like when you were making your decision to go to college? Man, there was, I thought about that the other day and I kind of, I don't know if I was just this gung ho on it or whatever. I don't even really remember considering anything else. Like I think I don't know. I remember we went and toured FSU, but it was just because it was an hour and a half from the house. And I was like, let's go look around and see whatever. But like, I knew as soon as I stepped on that campus, I was like, I'm not going to go here. You know, yeah. as soon as I stepped on UGA's campus, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm going here. I was always a dogs fan. Um, and it just, I never even second guessed it. You know, it was just like, that's it. I'm not considering anything else. Well, it was a fortuitous choice for a number of reasons, but one of them being that your journey started about the same time that Coach Kirby Paul Smart's journey started back at his alma mater. Yeah. And Lord, has it been fun being a Dawgs fan since that all began. Yeah. So I guess let me ask you this. Growing up being a Dawgs fan, could you have imagined what has transpired 
in that seven year span and, and more notably what has transpired over the last two years. It, it is amazing. And I was, I mean, I'm blown away at it period. Just having that much success that quickly and consistently is, I mean, it's nuts. I mean, it's, it's unprecedented. Right. But, you know, when I was there, we almost saw, you know, we were what a second 26 from yeah. national championship when I was there. Tyler Simmons was on sides. Correct. Um, That's correct. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, I cried that night and um, was like a lot of you listening there. And you know how I feel about that. But yeah, so after that, I'm, I'm like, it's bittersweet because I was so close to being there you know, and getting to see a national championship, but you could tell even when I was there, we're like, it's happening, you know, stuff's yeah. changing. And um, I mean, Kirby's been amazing for the program. I hope he stays there for the next 30 years, but it's been great. It's been fun to watch. Now, last year I was looking at your socials a little bit and did I see you were at the Peach Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. I went to the Peach Bowl and the, uh, the SEC championship against LSU and in the Peach Bowl. That was the real natty. Right. So, yeah. you know, that was it was awesome to see because the last time I was in that stadium before those games, I think the last time was when we played LSU and Burrow was there. Mm-hmm. So that was good redemption. And then yeah. just put it on Ohio State at the end was was really cool. Take us inside the building that night. What was the feeling like? Because we we were not at the game, but I remember texting with my co-host, texting with my brother, and it, it was just such a weird game, right? Because for three quarters, really three and a half quarters, it just felt like, man, this just ain't the night. You know, like this yeah. is – the things just aren't going to go like we need them to go. And then eight minutes of fury later – and the dogs are going to LA and it's 2023. And it's like, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, it was like, I mean, the, the whole entire game, you're sitting there with your, with your elbows on your knees and your, and your face and your hands like this, just mad. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was no fun for, you know, 85% of that game. I mean, we were all, you know, just eating comfort food. Um, and <laughs> already talking about next year. Um, and, and, you know, I, I hate to admit that because, you know, you should always believe in them. And, and we did think, you know, there's that chance, but let's, let's be real. We were all, we were all thinking that. And, yeah. um, and then it just, you know, one little thing happens, at least another little thing. And we're like, wait a minute, you know, everybody starts sitting up and paying, you know, paying a little more attention. And then it's just like, I mean, the whole atmosphere changed. And then from, you know, that last, like you say, eight minutes, you know, I mean, it, that felt like the whole um, championship game with Alabama and Indianapolis. I went to that. The tension of that game the whole time was what we felt in there in that last eight minutes. Um, against Ohio State, and it was man when that kick didn't go, and I dude, I literally I had a gut feeling. I said, man, this this kid's gonna choke. I mean, it was so <laughs> it was so loud in there, dude. Yeah, um, and I mean, we were just ecstatic. I mean, and you couldn't. I mean, it's fairy tale. I mean, the 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 clock striking midnight. Can't make it up. Can't make it up. It's been so interesting, I think, over the last two years, the amount of things that have happened that have been favorable for the dogs that for 
decades, seemingly, were the things that happened to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I have taken a special joy in experiencing the other side of that pendulum. Um, and I certainly felt that way that night because that was a game where if you're an Ohio State fan, you just had to be sick, sick. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way they should have lost that football game. You know, like they were just, yeah, I, there's just no way. No way that game should have gone how it went. And to do it the way they did it with big plays. And obviously it just adds, I feel like to the continued lore of, of Stetson, but um, you know, whether it's Kirby's timeout or Brock's fourth down lunge and say goodbye to your credit card rewards, greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards. As we know it, if you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's the other thing. Thank God for the AT&T pylon cam because we had a perfect view of, of the lunge. So like just so many tiny things. Um, and I'm glad you brought up Indy. We were also in Indy. And tension is the perfect word because that is precisely what I felt that entire night. Like people mm-hmm. ask, oh, were you so excited when they won? I said, you know, if I'm really being honest with you, the main emotion I felt was relief. Yeah, relief that it didn't happen again and especially to them and so like I felt like that's why this year in a lot of ways for me was more fun because I felt like I got to enjoy it more than the run in 21 where it was like you're kind of on pins and needles a little bit about the the pending heartbreak that you feel is going to happen and then it didn't and it was awesome but yeah it's almost like I don't know if you've heard of imposter syndrome, but yeah, it's like the couple, last couple of years, you kind of get there in those big games, and you're like, oh my gosh, are we supposed to be here? Like, and then and then this year was like that sigh of relief of like, yeah, we're here and we're here to stay and we're meant to be here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I totally agree with that, and I think imposter syndrome is the perfect. Um, description for that because there's a lot of that I think because you're so used to not being at the top of the mountain like the tip top and I've we've tried to say this on the show to embrace this like that is where Georgia is now if you are a Georgia fan that's the position that you currently reside in is your team is at the tip top of the mountain and seemingly not going anywhere (laughs) given you know the Dylan Rayola announcement this week and everything Kirby continues to do it's just it's just a, it's just a juggernaut, man. I mean, an absolute freight train that he's building there. And I, I for one, could not be more jacked about it. <laughs> oh, me too. And, yeah. and and me and Ray, like we're around all these Tennessee fans up here. It's amazing. It is amazing. Oh yeah, I I, I have to. That's got to be just outstanding to just have them wearing it all the time. So yeah, so fun. I, I love that. I love that. Well, look, tell us what is going on with you this summer tell us the things that we can look forward to and how we can support you um, as you continue to chase down your dream man i'm uh i've got a lot of exciting things coming i'm doing a whole revamp of my management and whole team right now and as soon as i get off of this um podcast interview i'm going to meet with my new producer this afternoon and the manager and um, go pick out some songs and game plan songs to put out this summer. So 
I don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet. If they're going to be, if we're going to do uh, all singles or if we're going to do a couple singles and then, a, you know, an EP or what, but we've got some, some cool songs coming and uh, definitely going to be putting out music um, this summer. And then we're playing CMA Fest um, up here in Nashville. I think it's June 11th, um, an outdoor stage. Uh, it's a free show at the Hard Rock stage down on Broadway um, in the street. Um, so if anybody's around Nashville, y'all come to that. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, you know, in the summer, like I said, me and Ray are coming back to Georgia Theater. So y'all get your tickets for that. And uh, that's going to be a special night. Well, so that now I feel like that show's just gotten even more exciting because what I'm hearing is there's going to be new Jordan Road music that's going to get played that night. So Absolutely. just another reason to be fired up for, for that night at Georgia Theater. Well, well, that's awesome, brother. And, um, you know, I know as you continue to go down your path, you're going to be nothing but successful. Um, we want to close with you today. We always do something called the Smart 16. We do 16 kind of quick questions in honor of Coach Smart and the number that he wore when he was playing between the hedges. So first question is, what is your middle name? Howard. My, and is Howard, is Howard a family name? It is. That was my, my great grandpa's first name. Howard. Oh Lee. yeah. I love that. Love that. Okay. Who is your favorite dog of all time? Man. I mean, so stereotypical, but we'll have to go with Herschel, I guess. That's a good one. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a can't miss answer. I, yeah, I like that. Can't miss it. What is your favorite game you've ever experienced as a dog's fan? Oh, that's tough because I, I'm torn between – no, I'm, I'm just going with, with Indianapolis Championship. I was going to say I'm torn between that and Ohio State, but I think, I think Indy. And the one, I, the one I really, really wish I would have gone to that was probably the best one I've ever watched was Rose Bowl. Um, we, were th- we were there. That would have been mine if I was there. It was, uh, it was awesome, and I will tell you this. We have told many people this. Even if the dogs aren't playing – and someone asks you to go to the Rose Bowl, that's an automatic yes. Like that setting and just kind of the ethos around it, man, it's it's just it's so cool. When that sun sets going into the fourth quarter in down those San Gabriels, man, it's just it's something else, man. So yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah. All right. What is your favorite rivalry that the dogs have? So, you know, Gators, Auburn, Vols, what, what's your favorite? I mean, my favorite one is, is Alabama now. Um, you know, I know it's not a super, super historic one like Auburn might be or, or Florida, but at, at least in my lifetime, that seems like the most important one. Um, so I'd say Alabama. Yeah, I, I think for us that has, that has become tip-top too. And I think to your point, it's the one where it feels like the most is at stake. Right. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love it when we're beating the pants off Florida in the cocktail party, but right. beating Alabama just has a different gravitas to us, especially given what the history looked like yeah. for the first however many meetings when Saban just dominated. And yeah. so, yeah, yeah. I like that. I think that's, I think that's a good answer. Florida just feels like you're like, you know, pushing kids around, you know what I mean? You're like the dad yeah. birthday party, knocking the kids on the camping and you're like, come on. <laughs> oh i love that i absolutely love that i'm going to steal that that's how i'm going to describe that's how we are going to describe it on our preview show this year for the cocktail party (laughs) i love that okay what is your favorite away stadium in the southeastern conference oh that's a good one probably lsu 
Yeah, we have not been to Death Valley, but that is on the list. We have heard that is that's something else. So yeah, that, that's a good one. What is the loudest home game that you've ever attended between the hedges? Probably the unfortunately not this year, Tennessee, but the Hail Mary loss game, Tennessee. Oh yeah. While I was there, which is hard to think about, but I remember that one being super loud and then ominously super quiet. <laughs> yeah. That was probably the loudest and quietest I've ever heard that stadium. Such a tough game, too, because what a ridiculous throw from Jacob Eason to play before that. Like, I, yeah. I could watch that throw on a loop, and it never stops being awesome. And then you go, oh, yeah, we lost that game. Yeah. I still have, like, probably four or five iPhones ago, but somewhere I know I still have that video um, of where we scored and we're going nuts. And then I'm videoing the I video the next play just to, you know, put it like, you know, the victory, have that on film. And it's just like you can hear a pin drop 30 rows down. And it's oh. We didn't even leave the stadium for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. We just sat there in disbelief. Yeah, that was that was such a tough one, man. And I feel like, too, they had been building some momentum. And that was going to – because that was, I think, the best game they had played that entire year, Kirby's first year. And, like, oh, man, it was – yeah, that was a gut punch for sure. Yeah. Okay, the question we referred to earlier. And, I, you know, you get two answers to this. We always give our musicians two answers because the first answer is going to be you. But <laughs> you, you get to choose the headlining act at the Georgia Theater. Who do you choose? Does this have to be, like, in a dream world or, like, somebody that would actually headline the theater? Oh, no, anybody you want. You're, you're in charge of booking, and you've got carte blanche on the amount you can pay them. So you get to pick it. Hey, I'm, getting, I'm getting Eric Church to open for Alan Jackson. Woo! Lord, them tickets would be going for high dollar, brother. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's like my top two. Oh man, that's a good one. I'm real fired up too that you brought Alan Jackson in the mix here. That's that does my 1984 born and bred heart just just fine. So <laughs> I love that. Okay, we are big fans of the Georgia Florida game, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. So we always ask the question: What is the drink that you're mixing for the world's largest out outdoor cocktail party? Man, probably just, I don't know. I like just good old Miller Lite or something, you know? Yeah. that's And especially for that day, I feel like, which is such a marathon and not a sprint, yeah. that's a that's a solid choice, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's always 100 degrees, so. That's right. All right, now, we don't want to get you in trouble with anybody in the Classic City, but we're going to pin you down here. If you were back in Athens and could only eat one meal, what is the place that you're going to eat in Athens? Oh, that's tough. That's tough. How much money are we spending? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, unlimited. You're, you're the headlining act at the Georgia Theater, and the meals are comped. <laughs> dude, um, I mean, gosh, there's – I dude, I'm blanking on the place. It's downtown. Is, is, is it called The Place? Oh, yeah. That's one. The Real Good Cheesecake? Or my yeah. So – trying to think about it. if i've had the if i've had cheesecake at the place I, mean, I didn't go to the place last season so i don't think that's the it. thing i don't think that's it I, I cannot i'm blanking on the name though but one of the the spot the go-to spot when i was there was the blind pig yeah uh, or either a little place called rachel's out in watkinsville um, oh, okay i haven't been to rachel's dude it's i mean it's it's like unsuspecting it's, it's in a strip mall um but home cooking like meeting three great yeah. Eight after church on Sundays. 
Oh, I got to put that in the rotation. That has that has not been listed yet, and I'm always looking for a new listing. So that yeah. will go on the list for sure. Oh, we cool. get a, we get a lot of um, we get a lot of last resort. We get a lot of chucks. That's the one I was trying to think of. Was last, last resort. resort. Yes. Yeah. Well, so oh yeah, their desserts are out of bounds. Well, so their desserts are. I think all of them are done by Cecilia's, which. Every time I go back, I try to get a cake from Cecilia's because they're just ridiculous. Yeah. We took uh, we took my baby sister to Athens for the Top Golf they had at Sanford, and uh, it was her birthday weekend, and so we got her uh, Cecilia's cake, and man, it was yeah. something else. So, yeah, that, that's one of our favorites. Last Resort's great. We like Chuck's too. A lot of people like Marker Seven. That's when we get a lot. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, so all good. Awful House. Yeah, well, that's uh, a. <laughs> Don't, oh, we, we'll get to that. That's on the list too, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have any game day superstitions or in your case, do you also have any um, show superstitions, things you got to do before you go out on stage? Um, game day superstitions. If it's a big game, TMI, but I've got like the oldest pair of boxers ever that are Georgia Bulldog boxers that I don't even want to think about how long I've had them, but we, we've won a couple championships in them. So they got to stay, my friend. That's my that's my game day. <laughs> yeah, they got to stay. And then, uh, man, I'm not too – I don't really, I guess, have a, a superstitious routine before shows um, too much. But, but, yeah, definitely game day. All right, what is your favorite Sanford Stadium pregame tradition, whether it is dog walk, whether it is uh, Larry Munson – doing battle him whether it's the lone trumpeter whether it is you know any number of things what's your favorite i would say like a combo of the uh the on-screen you know narration larry must yeah. doing that and then the, the lone trumpeter i mean that gives me chills every time yeah I don't same for it. same for me man I, I and one of the cooler things i thought they've ever done was the pandemic year where masters ended up being in november mm. and they did like Lone Trumper as the intro in to like the coverage that day. Yeah, oh, cool. it was yeah. unreal. So so cool. Um, okay, black jerseys, yes or no? No, that's just a hard stop. No, from just Mr. Rowe a, on that. Just a hard stop. No, <laughs> we are staying. We are staying traditional. Red tops at home and white tops on the road, ladies and gentlemen. I like it. I like a man who embraces tradition. I'm all good with that. We don't need. Okay. A, we don't need a repeat of that Auburn game. That's yeah. Okay, now loss, you're still not over. That second and 26 um, championship in Atlanta and the Tyler Simmons call. Yeah. I mean, it's literally, I mean, we're actually raw. There's there's games all the time where you're like, oh, we should have won that. But if you're honest with yourself, like, okay, we could have played better. No, that game, we should have won. Period. Yes. 100%. And I feel like, too, that team, I just love that team and kind of what they were and what they did. And for them to get robbed like that still hurts me in, in the worst way. So, yeah, I'm on board with that. All right. This question used to be, what's your order at the varsity? But we made a vow that until they actually reopened the varsity in Athens, we will no longer ask it. So we have pivoted that to how do you order your hash browns at the Waffle House? Scatter covered, smothered, and chunked. I like it. Are we just going single order here? Or are we doubling it, tripling it? What are we doing here? Usually single because I go all-star with a peanut butter, chocolate chip waffle, cheese eggs, and bacon, and toast, and the, and the hash browns. So, yeah. 
But, but I mean, when I was there, they had this thing called the dog bowl. I don't know if that's still a thing. Um, but it was called the dog bowl, and it was like I got that a lot too. It was double hash browns with um cheesesteak and chili in it, and cheese, onions, mushroom. I mean, it was like everything. It was great. Oh, bless. I've got a serious hankering for some Waffle House now. I might be fixing to go there on the way home from work tonight. Did you used to go to the one at like at the foot of five points that they closed? Yep. We went there a lot. That was and, that's um, that's a travesty. And then the one at the end of Millage where it turns yeah. on Highway. I used to live off of uh, Macon Highway over there. So I went to that one a lot too. Oh, perfect. Yeah. 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 That's uh that's become a game day weekend tradition for us even now that we take like my big kids my brother and i always take them there sunday morning before we head out of town so they're always like okay well, when are we going to the waffle house so yeah we're, we're we're raising them up in the right way love it okay there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing noon kickoffs yes or no yes yeah no need for that no. only the only people that should kick off at noon are vandy and tennessee mm-hmm all right, we had to change this one a little bit, too, because they've obviously changed the format. We used to ask college football playoff expand to eight teams or find how it is. So now we will ask you, did you like it how it's currently constructed, or are you excited about the shift to the 12-team playoff? I'm excited about it, um, and I'll use this to justify that. I believe it was 2019 when we got snowed from the playoff when we should have been in it, when we – I think we had lost to South Carolina that year at home. Remember that? Didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and then we barely lost to Alabama in the SEC championship. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking that. Well, now that's flipped. So 18 was the blowout loss to LSU in Baton Rouge and then gave the Alabama team that everybody and their mama said was the greatest football team that ever walked all they wanted. Yeah. All night. And then, you know, Jalen Hurts comes in. I still think if uh, if Tua hadn't got hurt that night, I think they win that football game by two scores because they just weren't prepared. No. Um, I can't but, yeah. But there was one year. I thought it was 19. And I, well, I, 19, they lost to South Carolina okay. uh, on the kick and double overtime that Rodrigo missed. Yeah. And then that was the year that LSU walked the dog on them all night in yeah. Atlanta. I just remember there being a year right in there where we didn't make the playoff and we should have, and we, we came down to the wire with Alabama and they obviously went and it was blatantly obvious that we were one of the top four teams in the country. And we yeah. got, because we that, had second. That was 18. We, we were fifth that year in the selection process. And that was the year Herbie had gone on TV and said, if you're really picking best four teams, Georgia yeah. should be in the playoffs. Yeah, I was thinking of it as like 19 was when the championship happened. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yep, that was the one. Yeah, my brother and I were at that game too. And so it's like, I think at that point, the 12 team thing helps. Do I think, you know, it's probably not going to matter that, that 10 through 12 or, you know, 9 through 12 or even in it, you know, it'd be awesome. You know, it'd be, it'd be real exciting if that stuff works. But, I think at least having that five or six spot in there really makes it interesting because, like you say, we would have went farther that year if the number five spot could have got in there. Yeah. You know, I don't. I think there's a huge gap between, like, five and 12. 
you know, but it'll at least be fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I, I think, too, it's one of those things where it's been fun having the four team and people didn't really want that. Um, I just think the more college football, the better. So I'm, exactly. I'm all for it. But, yeah, to your point, I, I do like it from the inclusivity perspective for the dogs because how many years would they have been in in a bigger playoff format? Even with the four, how many years would they have been in, whether it was 12 or 07 or however many number of years it would have been. So, yeah. All right, brother. Well, you're off the hot seat. That is the Smart 16. Thank you for indulging us with that. Absolutely. I could talk this all day. All right. Before we let you go, tell our listeners where they can follow you. So social handles, all those things, website, everything. Um, on all socials, it's at Jordan Rowe Music. Um, and then our website is jordanrowofficial.com. And uh, you can check out uh, when we announce new shows, they'll be there. Merch, um, T-shirts, hats, all that good stuff are on there. So and then uh, everybody get your tickets for that Georgia Theater show. And uh, it's going to be fun. But thanks for having me, man. It's been awesome. Yeah, anytime, brother. And we'll, we'll link all that in our show notes. Y'all be sure and go follow Jordan on all his socials. Make sure y'all get your tickets for August 31st. And uh, be on the lookout for the new music that he's about to drop this summer. We know it's going to be awesome. So thank you for spending time with us, brother. And as we always close out, go dogs, sick them. Go dogs. Hey, Georgia's better now.